When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Let's talk about this upcoming week. There's a lot coming up, guys. The season's almost here. Like, we're already talking about SEC media days. Like, it's, it's wow how this offseason has flown by. The longest offseason of any sport. And we're almost through the end of it. SEC Media Days begins this week uh, in Atlanta. Uh, actually, Mike G is en route to Atlanta because yours truly will be there, in effect, covering the activities, uh, bringing you great content. Uh, I see some people asking, where's Mike G? En route. Of course, he stays the furthest away from this, this area, so he has to travel, so... Just want to talk a little bit as we begin to kind of preview because there's some major storylines that will be tackled in Atlanta when it comes to SEC Media Days based on what occurred in the offseason, how the last season ended. But let's talk about who, first of all, will be representing Auburn at SEC Media Days. It was announced recently that Derek Hall, John Samuel Schenker, as well as Tank Bigsby will be joining Brian Harson in Atlanta. They'll be the ones who uh, will be doing interviews. And it's a great honor to definitely be selected to represent your team. I want to start with you, Brian. What were your thoughts on who was selected? Because there's some people who went last year who aren't here, who aren't representing Auburn. Name stands out as Papo, of course. But what are your thoughts on who was selected? Let us know. Treat your boys. Chill Boys underwear is designed for maximum comfort with enough space to keep you cool, calm, and comfortable. Chill Boys underwear will help you keep the boys close, uh, not too close. When the game is on the line, you won't break a sweat with Chill Boys underwear. Whether it's left boy, right boy, or both boys, Chill Boys provides your boys comfort like you've never felt. Visit chillboys.com and use code RAPPORT, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and get 15% off of your order. Maximize your chill with Chill Boys. I think this makes total sense. Tank is by far the biggest name we've got. He's the most 
um, talented player we've got. He is the most accomplished player we've got. He's got the highest draft profile of anybody on our team. Makes sense to take him. Um, he stuck around with Auburn when he had an opportunity and a reason to leave. He had both the opportunity to leave and reasons to leave. He was in an offense last year that didn't give him the ball as much as he should. He was in an offense last year. The the shortcomings of both the offensive line and the quarterback left some production to be desired for him on the field. And he had plenty of reasons to go, listen, man, y'all aren't. I'm I'm better than this. So I'm going to go somewhere that's going to feature me. Or we feature him, but do a better job of it and, and help me be more productive. He decided to stay here. So many players, every not only the ones we've talked to, but obviously Tank and, and some other recruits who have, have chosen Auburn here recently, they are buying what Harson is selling. They are. Tank is, has been on the ship behind the scenes, and even though he hasn't gotten the, the shine he should get, he decided to stay. I think that that's more indicative of where we are going and what is going on behind the scenes than anything. When the player who has more to gain by leaving, at least in the short term, for the year he's got, decides to stay, it means something is going on. Something positive is going on behind the scenes. Otherwise, why would Tank Bigsby use his last college season around a program that was just dead weight if he thought it was dead weight? He's been here. He's talked to players at other programs. He's from the state of Georgia. If you believe reports that he was jumping ship to Georgia in the offseason, that means somebody was in contact with him. Players? Assistant coaches? Maybe. Who knows? All I know is that if he wanted to go to a program that had just won a national championship and lost at least one of their running backs, he could have done it. He could have left and and gotten more shine because Georgia's going to get more attention being a returning national champion. He decided to stay here. Now, that type of buy-in, again, we're hearing that word a lot. I've seen, we've heard it from players. We've heard it from people in the program. We have, uh, I saw an article where somebody wrote like, hey, the buy-in is really high at Auburn. That is going to account for something. So you make him the face of, of your program there at SEC Media Days. Plus, it's going to be great great training for him, uh, Derek Hall, and uh, well, who's the third person? It was Shanker. It's going to be great preparation for all three of these guys because they're all going to be at the combine a- a- answering questions here shortly. In, in about, when is the combine? Is it February, March? Whenever. Oh, it is. I think, I think February, February, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're going to be doing this real soon. So this is great preparation for them. It's their opportunity to get in front of cameras, get in front of media. And they do it a little bit during the season after a game. You know, if you're a player that had a big impact on the game, but they're going to all have to do this because Shanker is accomplished. He's consistent. Derek Hall had a really good year. We expect him to have another one. Um, we're talking preseason. I think he was second team, if I'm not mistaken, Derek Hall was. But yeah. this is the type of attention that all of these guys are going to continue to get going forward. I'm glad they're getting that practice. It's not just about who we expect to be good. These are guys who have already been productive. These are guys who have already been here and bought in, and they've been productive, and we expect them to continue to be productive, so they're going to go and represent our team. And I think these are three good choices. Uh, you were you were out last uh, live we had, but we had a... Uh, <laughs> B-Will's forehead uh, uh, said the disappointment on my face last show when B-Will wasn't there after I changed my name was extreme. Man, I heard I heard that when I was working on the audio for the pod. And I was like, you know what? I don't even want to know. I'm glad I wasn't on. But I'm, I'm here now. And I, and I, yeah, I acknowledge the B-Will's forehead uh, handle right there. You know what? I don't even have a forehead no more. 
top of my head and forehead have merged to make a 19 head. And that's just how it goes right there. You know what I'm saying? Generational hair loss, it happens. <laughs> I have accepted my fate. So thank you for the acknowledgement. That's that's very mature of you, uh, B. I'm, I'm proud of you. Uh, Ike, talk to me real quick, man. What do you think the messaging is going to be? What, what what do you anticipate these guys? I mean, obviously, with if you're reading articles, if you're listening to people talking about Auburn in terms of projecting their expectations for the upcoming season, very few people are are singing Auburn's praises. So the likelihood of these guys having a chip on their shoulder being highly motivated. What do you anticipate coming from these three gentlemen? Uh, I mean, I think from a player standpoint, uh, they are just going to be unified in their support of the direction that the program is going. I'm actually hoping that they don't project too much of a, you know, quiet confidence. I just want them to say, hey, listen, I I get it. We just we're going to go out here and we're going to work and we'll let let the, the talk on the field be be the deciding factor. Um, these are all mature people that we're talking about here. Like these guys have been in the program for a while to B's point, had an opportunity to leave if they wanted to, whether that be the NFL draft um, or transferring to another program and all decided to stay. So I think it speaks a lot to the commitment that they have to this coaching staff and the direction of the program and their thought that we could do something this year with this group. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to to hearing just, again, the the reserve nature of, OK, I hear all of that. But, yeah, we're here to work. What's the next question? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Brian Harson because I think one of the bigger storylines will actually surround him. Of course, we know uh, Jimothy and Saban will be one of the, the storylines. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things people were looking to after that whole situation blew up in the offseason about NIL and some comments that Saban made and Jimothy's response. But one of the storylines that's going to stem from this offseason will be the job security of Brian Harson. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've, we did several lives. We've talked about this extensively, but it was a lot of drama, unnecessary drama surrounding Brian Harson. And I think as a result of such, you can expect there will be questions about that going into media days. Right. And so what do we expect to see? I think Harson has been very even killed throughout this process, throughout this year, throughout his time here at Auburn. So I expect more of the same. But B. Will, what, what are your thoughts about how Harson handles those questions this week? He's had to answer those questions now pretty, pretty much since that whole little drama ended. And I think he's going to be a much more comfortable and at ease coach. Has he had to answer those questions, though? Well, let me say this. He may not have had to answer them outwardly, but I think he's probably had to answer those questions when parents ask them. Yeah, but this is so this is this is this is to me is the most interesting part of the media days thing, because this will be the first real opportunity that media outside of the Auburn area will have an opportunity to just pepper him with questions about what happened back then outside of ESPN, of course. Yeah. So my question or my thought process is who is going to, if anybody is going to bring it up and where is the conversation going to go once it's brought up? I 100% think that Brian Harson is going to be dismissive of it and be like, I, I'm not here to talk about any of that stuff. I'm here to talk about the upcoming season, but like, that's what I think will be his answer. 
But I do think that it comes up from somewhere, and I think it will be interesting. Like, that's going to be, if you go to message boards that are outside of the Auburn community and conversations come up about SEC stuff in general, some fan is going to throw that out there as a live to an Auburn fan who makes any commentary. Well, your coach was da-da-da, this and this and that. You guys need to handle the dumpster fire that's happening down there in Auburn because they don't realize we've moved on beyond. We're, we're, we're past that uh, for the most part. Again, there are right. some people who are still stuck there, um, but most of those people didn't like Brian Harson to begin with, so there's not much he could do to get them on his side other than winning a national title or at least an SEC championship. But I do think it's going to be interesting right. when that conversation begins because it inevitably will begin at some point in time, whether it's asked to a player or asked to Brian Harson himself, how quickly they pivot from that. Because I do wonder, you know, they have to have, right? At some point in time, you sit down with the coach and those three players and you're like, when this comes up, this is what our unified response is going to be because it's, mm-hmm. it, it's going to happen. B? I think he he's going to answer it. What I expect from Harson is he's going to look much more at ease. He's learned some lessons from this whole debacle. And one of those is how he presents outwardly, mm-hmm. um, his energy, his demeanor. Those are important things, especially important down here in the South. Those matter. Those absolutely matter. You had a, I'm thinking about one of the most legendary SEC coaches, and it wasn't because he won anywhere at the clip that, say, a Nick Saban's winning now, but Steve Spurrier. He was a microphone legend. He was at ease. He was witty. He was always willing to tell you what he thought. He wasn't going to hold back. And some of that did some work for Steve Spurry. He won one championship. And he was good the rest of his years. Came back to South Carolina. Won the East once. When that when we played him in 2010, I think it was, he won mm-hmm. the East. They didn't do too much outside of that. But Spurrier knew how to be himself. And he was a Southern guy. And that did a lot of work for Spurrier. Uh, people kind of accepted him. That is who he was. Brian Harson, I think, has had a he has a different personality, and maybe some of what we're seeing now is him allowing himself to show parts of his personality that maybe he thought he had to keep tucked away as a as a leader, as a a figurehead of a program, as somebody who is I'm going to represent these things and it's serious and it's important. But now you have to be just as as easygoing when you sit down and talk to these parents as you do have to be serious when you're coaching their kids. And and I think he's learning some of that duality now. And I expect him to be less um, repelling of the media because he seemed a little bit perturbed when he had to answer questions in the media before. But I mean, a lot of that was coming after hard losses. So, I, you know, who's going to be happy about yeah. that? But I expect him to show some, some balance that he didn't show last year, partially because that was a criticism of him from players that left and that it may be costing him um, some some recruits or his demeanor may be costing him some some players that that should have stayed but wanted to leave. But also because I think he realizes how important it is for people to instill confidence in him. He has to seem like he is not only present and there as a person, but also as a head coach. And I think that's part of the confidence that has started to build in him because all of the players have talked about it. They believe in Brian Harson. They talked about his plan. They talk about him being a very good football mind, but he just seems a lot more approachable now. And I'm, I'm guessing that that does some work for him in these interviews. When that specific question comes up of his uh, job security and what happened over the offseason, 
I don't know, but I'll say this. He's had about, what, six months to get that answer together? He's, he's got to be ready for it. I can't imagine he hasn't prepped for the type of questions he's going to be getting here and with the biggest audience he's had since all this went down. So I, I expect him to be ready for it. Do I expect him to be loquacious and forthcoming? You know, it really hurt me when I was at vacation. No, I he's not going to dwell on it because that's not what's important right now. He's got to win games. He's got to win seven and and be really competitive in a, in the ones he loses, or he's got to win eight to lock down 2023 season. And I think that's his focus, and that's it. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. One statement here by, I don't want to butcher your name, I'm just going to call you Rob for short. Uh, One quality of his I actually like is how he doesn't give drama any more steam. That mess did force him to adjust how he comes across, but I believe he is still true or being true to himself. I agree with this. What do you guys think right. about that? Right. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that um, ultimately, you know, regardless of what happened or how people feel about what happened, he's not going to give it a lot of oxygen. He's just going to be like, look, right. hey, listen, um, we're here to talk about the 2022 season and our outlook on that. Um, and, and just move on from any questions that are that are facing backwards other than what happened on the football field. Like if we're going to talk about 2021 or anything prior to now, I want to talk about what we did on the field. And, you know, uh, again, there's a lot of stuff that people can ask questions about new new coordinators and staff that are here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a ton of things that are football related that are questions that people can ask of Brian Harson and those um mm-hmm. those uh players that he brings with him that would be fodder for for someone to to create some sort of drama depending upon how the answer is um so i do think it's going to be super interesting to see what direction questions go uh, when asked of him um now i've been thinking really hard about what questions i'm going to ask if i get an opportunity to ask anybody um questions because again you know as, people, as um, C said earlier, myself and Mike G will be at SEC Media Days. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I do think it's going to be interesting to see what direction um, questions go. And then once the floodgate opens, like once someone asks the question, will people be persistent in trying to pile on, right? Like, oh, well, hey, since he asked, let me follow up with that. Let me follow, you know what I'm saying? If they're not satisfied with his answer to to whatever right. it is right. So. right one one more thing i want to point out about who's representing auburn is what's noticeable from this is there's no quarterback listed rightfully so mm-hmm. mike g pointed this out on on blackerby show last week uh for war report wednesday obviously you're in a quarterback competition you sending a quarterback is almost a declaration of who you expect to be your for sure. guy for sure. right right um, we sent Jeremy Johnson in 2015, I remember. Yeah. Or 2015 yeah. or 16, either way. I think um, it was 15. Maybe been 15. Maybe Because we expected him to be a contributor. And, yeah. But it's, well, it kind of gone to the most senior people in the past. 
senior combination with who we expected to be really, really good for us. But that didn't necessarily be, become a factor. So Right. Well, I guess my, my question is in terms of questions that are asked. What do you think the messaging coming from Harson is about this quarterback competition? Um, whatever, whatever the angle of the question is, what do you think the messaging around? Because obviously you brought leaders to SEC Media Days, but the expectation moving forward as your season goes along is that your QB is one of those guys. That is yet to be determined. So what is the messaging going into SEC Media Days about this important position? Um, shoot, man, I think that it's still got to be that there's an open competition and they're excited about whoever's going to be the the starter. You know, I think you'll hear the the language of we have three guys. Hopefully he says three and not two. Um, but we have three guys that we're confident can be starters for us next year. And it's about who steps up in fall camp. Um, we'll make that determination as we get closer. Um, so I do anticipate that there will be conversation around it, but it will center around the fact that it's an open competition and anyone has, still has the opportunity to seize that opportunity to, to be the leader. And I, I don't, I don't think that's coach speak, uh, B right. like, I, I mean, I think that's the truth because I think we have lamented throughout this off season, our excitement, even though depending on what article you read, uh, that are, that not much is to be made of our QB room, but I'm excited about what this staff has done to upgrade the talent in that room. Yeah. That you actually can legitimately go to a backup QB if you find your, you know, God forbid you don't have to due to injury or whatever happens, but you can actually go to a backup and still run your offense Mm -hmm. as expected because of the guys in that room. So based on on it being an open competition, like your excitement, man, about knowing that that's a real thing and that's not coach speak. First of all, I'm glad that we have more competitive backup quarterbacks. What what we went through with the last four years under Gus was kind of embarrassing. It, it was really embarrassing. 2016, um, as I've I've heard many people say, if you don't have a starter, um, well, no, what how's the saying go? If you, you have two starters, you don't have a starter. Exactly. Yeah. If you got two right. starters, you don't have a starter. We started 2016 with three guys taking snaps on the center. Bad. All bad. Um, Sean White was chippy, and he was a competitive guy. He just didn't have the physical tools to be great. Um, he had a good attitude for the position, but he again, the arm was too weak. He couldn't stay healthy, so um, so we didn't really have number two because at that time, Jeremy Johnson mentally Let me just say this about Sean White while you're on the set. Why did he always have to put his whole body into throwing? Man, like, that he would like hitch. literally feel like he. <laughs> And it's like he would that ball fling there. his entire body to follow through on stuff when he was trying to put. I was like, yo, is he really just, he don't have no arm strength? Because anyway, that arm, you know what? All of that body, and it still was like the slowest pay. It was like me throwing 10 so yard routes. I, I was like, brother man. can't put his all into his throws? Like, what it was I wrong? mean, <laughs> but good Lord, man. I mean, man. really, he put his all, like everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go find clips of Sean White throwing down the field. And I'm gonna show you guys what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, gotta yeah, gotta, go put, gotta, gotta put some mm into it somehow, man. Like you, you gotta throw your all into it, man. Literally, uh, continue, I, I, my bad. I interrupted. B. Go no, you good? You good? So we know uh, 2017 Stidham was the guy, and backup was I think that was um, Willis's first year. Was it Willis's first year? Oh, that's a good question. It was either 2017 or 18. No, I think it was 18. Was his freshman year, if I'm not mistaken. We know Sean White got kicked off the team. 
right when Stidham got there. So I don't know if we had a qualified backup at that point. And even if if Willis was there in 2017, he wasn't going to jump out there as a true freshman. So I don't think we had a prepared uh, second quarterback who could have led us to some significant wins in 2017, 2018, same thing. Now, that was Willis's first year, but he didn't really get... Now, this was... And we kind of talked about this before the show. For for all his positives and negatives, so one La- thing... Lawrence is saying Willis played 2017, so that was Okay, so that was his first year. Okay. okay. So again, he wasn't going to get any significant snaps, not under Gus. Not, that wasn't something that Gus wanted to do with guys, true freshmen. Matter of fact, he fought like hell to keep Sean White from getting on the field in 2015, but things were going so bad under Jeremy Johnson... He took that off that bye week before Kentucky to go ahead and make the switch because he kind of had to. 2018, Willis could have done more, but reports saying, you know, Willis himself saying, I wasn't mature enough, I wasn't prepared. I, again, I remember this point, Alabama State, actually, we talked about it. He was in there just to get some garbage snaps, and he got a little anxious, tried to do a little too much, ended up in safety, and Gus wasn't happy about that. And that's part of the maturity. We didn't have anybody who was mentally and physically prepared to do anything serious for us in 2018 either. 2019, so Willis had left because Bo got the job. And uh, who was the backup in 2019? It was... Um, um, your boy. Yeah. You know, um, you you know. What's his face? Oh, that's right. Um, Coke. You know. He left. Lloyd, Lloyd came in 20. No, he's talking about um, the, the pitcher. Other, yeah, he was a pitcher. Sandberg. Oh, Court Sandberg and Court then Jordan, oh, yeah, Jordan Gatewood yeah. and Court, Court Sandberg. Sandberg was Ooh. there. Gatewood was and there. And we could all say Gatewood now, was the number two. Gatewood yeah. was actually the number two. That was he though? We didn't was really Gatewood have a viable two? backup hey. quarterback, did we? Hey. Yeah, okay. They air quoted. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did not have a viable backup quarterback. We knew he wasn't really. They had no <laughs> desire to let that man go in there and ever throw a pass. He was like, no. He threw like two passes. He threw like two passes. I remember the Arkansas game, we were mopping him up and he got some some uh, garbage time and um, he threw a pass or two. But yeah, we did not, we have not had a viable backup quarterback. If you go all the way back to 2013 where Johnson was the backup quarterback, we thought he was. But as a starter with extended time, maybe he wouldn't have been that guy. So I don't, have we had a viable backup quarterback before this year? I don't remember the last time we had, like, again, we thought we had one in Jeremy Johnson. That's the last mm-hmm. time anybody felt semi-confident that if the starter goes down, our backup was going to be okay. Yeah. But I don't I don't know I mean, that we've had a viable, because the Stidham years, who was behind him? Uh, Willis and Gatewood. No, yeah. Willis and Gatewood in 2018. Or a court, when did court was he already there? Or was he there that one year? He got hit twenty nineteen. Okay, he was here for two years. Court Samper was here for two, I think. Uh, but yeah, again, the QB room has looked. It's been a joke. The, Q, the QB room has been a joke. Yeah. But I mean, me, me and B were just talking about this a little bit when we were discussing. Kind of, oh, you were on. We were talking about this right before the show. See, we're just all talking about. It hasn't been much different for the running back room. Right, like yeah. we've had one ethereal person at the running back. Was it Cam Petway was a revelation. Like nobody really? knew right. Cam Petway was going right. to be that good because right. they had him, you know, as and an H back blocking back. Like and they the didn't. Only have, reason he became that is there you go. Yep. Yeah, there you no, go. there was there was there was no backup plan if the starting running back went down. Right. Like that was evidenced in the 2017 situation when. Um, carry on went down 
And we had Cam Martin in that backfield. And they was just like, what do we do with this guy? There was no ability in the previous regime to be able to pivot if the first guy went down. Right. At two of the most crucial positions for your offense. That offense runs off of being able to have a capable quarterback and a bell cow running back. Now, Lawrence is bringing this up because this, this is correct. We lost a lot of guys, I think, that year. So Javon got dismissed because mm-hmm. of some allegations that were later retracted, but he had already been dismissed. Peyton Barber left for the league a year earlier than most people expected him to. And Rock Thomas, who, you know, I mean, yeah, he, he But I mean, okay, out. so, all right. But, so, but, but even what if Rock Thomas was on the team? Javon was the one that really hurt. That like, was let's one. be clear. Javon yeah, was the that one was that hurt one. because yeah. he was the actual guy. Oh, you right. know what? That would have been Javon Robinson and Carrion Johnson. Oh, my goodness. We would have had a good running back room then. Oh, yeah. my yeah. goodness. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm. What's crazy is as good a back as Carrion Johnson was, early in his career, he was like the speed sweep guy. He was. He was. <laughs> and Carrion wasn't even like fast like us. <laughs> He was, I was like, like what? He, in in a, in, a, in some sorts, he became a bit of a revelation. The way he was yeah. running in 2017 compared to how he was when he first got to Auburn, for sure. For he the kid's name it, that left um, in 2020. He went to Michigan State. Um, Harold Joyner. Harold Joyner. Yeah. Another, that was a miss. I, I, just so many disappointing running backs that, that have miss. come through. I just, I, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I, again, and and to, to it's literally how to, your offense runs, though. Like, your offense is predicated on having a dynamic quarterback and a good running back, and those two rooms have been paper thin. Well, I and, and this is Hallie's, this is Hallie's point here, which is a, which is what I would say to Lawrence's point with the Exodus. Even if we had those guys, there was no Plan B. There's no Plan B. And so you can have a guy who may not be dynamic, but he's serviceable. Right. Like Cam uh, Martin. F- Philip asked, would Booby have been a part of that? He was injured his freshman year. Like, yeah. he was on the team, but he was hurt. And so he, and they hadn't even figured out whether or not he was going to play wide receiver or running back at that point in time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he was athlete, actually. Came as athlete. Yeah. And then I think before that 2018 or 19 season, he bulked up. Was it 2018 who was our main back? Was it 2019? That was Bo's freshman year, so it was 2019. 2019. Yeah. So he bulked up. Yeah. 2019. Yeah. So. Booby didn't have the speed that we've seen from other backs, but he also dropped the ball too much. So he could be was a really a thing. Like he was down on the ground after like late second quarter and and we're trying to get some tempo going and he just he couldn't hold up, which always makes us just wow at. Carry on Johnson because he could hold up. And Trey Mason. Yeah. Trey Mason. We weren't splitting back uh, reps with Trey Mason, man. And that was the fastest Gus's offense has ever gone. And Trey Mason didn't take snaps out. Man, it was a machine. Yeah, we, we've we've lamented uh, our thoughts about, about him. Um, God bless Trey Mason. What a what a what a back at Auburn. Yeah. Um any more thoughts about about the preview? I, I, I guess I guess is there anything we we need to let people know about? I know we're going to be there, yeah, in the mix. But uh, be on the lookout for us this week. The War Report will be pre, uh, present. Uh, I know people were saying for some of the guys that asked certain questions, but we will definitely be present. Be on the lookout for that. 
Uh, and Harson's Day is Thursday, correct? Mm-hmm. Thursday, okay. that is correct. So we're going to cover Thursday. any and everything that gets discussed at Media Days when we have our uh, midweek report on Wednesday. But of course, Harson talking on Thursday, we'll have a much more thorough breakdown of that um, on, on next week's Sunday uh, weekend. Today.